I'm April Morrison, doctor of physical therapy, accidental entrepreneur, and lifelong learner. You're tuned in to the Idaho Physio Podcast, where we talk about things, health, wellness, and high performance in all areas of life. The big goal here is to talk to high achievers and those that surround themselves with the top performers in their fields to get some insights, tips, and inspiration that we can all use in our daily lives. The title may say Idaho, but the content reaches far beyond our borders and is relevant for everyone, regardless of where you find yourself. As always, the content you are about to hear does not replace the medical advice of your doctor, so please seek professional opinions should you need them. Now kick back, relax, and enjoy the episode. We are glad you're here. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us today for the Idaho Physio Podcast. Uh, We're super excited today because we have someone special who um, I've known for a couple of years now, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy what he has to say. Uh, Just as a reminder, if you haven't done it yet, please make sure you... um, join the membership, make sure you select join, make sure you sign up, make sure you send us information and what you want to hear about, who you want to talk to, who you want to hear from um, in the regards of health and wellness and top performers. Um, If you know someone we need to talk to, we want to hear about it. And this is actually one of those guys that you definitely want to hear from. Um, We're so happy to have Brett Hansen today. He is uh, the CEO and owner of City of Trees Real Estate here in Boise, Idaho. Um, Brett is ranked in the top 1% of more than 1.4 million real estate agents nationwide, which is pretty freaking amazing. Um, In Idaho, he's one of the number three, he heads up one of the uh, top three real estate teams in the con- in the country in the in the state of Idaho, and um, I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you have over four hundred million dollars in sales for homes with over fifteen hundred home sales under your belt. So pretty yeah, that's right. freaking amazing. And to top it all off, the biggest thing that that gets me here is that you've been in the field for six years and you've been able to accomplish all that. So. Holy cow. We're so happy to have you here and we can't wait to hear uh, a little bit more about, you know, what, what you do. Wow. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So let's, let's start off talking. I know I just gave a kind of a brief rundown of of who you are, but um, if you make me talk a little bit more about maybe how you got into the field and, and what you do, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a mortgage lender prior to being a real estate agent for about seven years. So I got into mortgage lending when everybody was getting out in 2007 so that, you know, that bubble was happening, the financial crisis, the housing crisis that we're all so intimately aware of. And I got in and I I had to kind of hit the ground running, start learning different ways to do things at a really high level. I had to look at the the, the market and say, you know, the old way isn't going to work anymore. Anybody with a, a pulse was getting a loan at the time. Sure. So uh, built a pretty good sized mortgage business. It was not, it was nationwide um, and, and working with people from all over the nation, helping them with their VA and FHA refinances. And then in 2013, interest rates went up about a percent in June, actually. And I was going to have to switch to um, working with real estate agents on purchase business. So helping real estate agents and consumers buy houses with a mortgage. 
And in that, I started to talk to agents and realized that I really liked that side of the business, the creative side, the entrepreneurial side. And so I made the jump in 2014 into real estate and immediately started my company and started treating it as a business. And the rest is history. Wow, that's great. And I know you've teamed up with some pretty amazing people. Um, there's no way that we are able to do be successful without the team around us. So it sounds like you surround yourself with other top achievers and top performers, uh, which is great too. Yeah, so my whole thing is, uh, you know, I believe that together everyone achieves more. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is, is, you know, I'm only as good as the people that I surround myself with. And I want to be a person that, that other people find value in, but I also want to surround myself with those people, those high achievers, top performers, people that think outside the box, people that are pushing to better their lives and better their situation. And, and yeah, I, I definitely would not be here today if those people didn't choose to work with me and, and partner with me. So. That's great. I um, I actually know firsthand that you are one of those people that people seek out uh, to work with because my I know my husband works with your team quite a bit and um, you know always has wonderful things to say about City of Trees guys. So uh, and he also says you guys have a lot of fun, which is another good part of of being a, a top performer too. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the um, the things that you find in your life that help you become so successful or, or have helped you become so successful? Well, there's this, there's this perspective that, um, or, or, or yeah, it's kind of a perspective. It's, we call it E to P. So what happens with a lot of people who never quite break that barrier of being a super high performer is they stay in E, which stands for entrepreneurial. Okay. And there are people that, you know, they'll call themselves serial entrepreneurs. And there's actually a miss conception as to what the definition of an entrepreneur is. And the P stands for purposeful. And so what happens is, is people will hit their ceiling of achievement being an entrepreneur. And that's a very creative way of of approaching business and approaching people. And then they'll hit the ceiling of achievement and you have a choice. You can either become very purposeful and intentional in the way that you structure your life, your day, and and your, your perspectives on how you approach your day-to-day life, or you can stay entrepreneurial. And and that's traditionally what makes people fall off the ledge and they don't hit that peak performance and they don't stay as a high achiever. So for me, it's been about being purposeful and intentional in my everyday life and everything that I think about and how I approach my days, my, my mornings, my weeks, my months, all of it. It's very, very purposeful. So do you do a lot of pre-planning and pre-scheduling or, you know, does your day kind of look the same every day or, or are you really spontaneous and throw things in there? Yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody's ever uh, worked with a real estate agent, no day is the same. Right. Unfortunately, you know, it's very hard to plan around. So what I do is I do what's called calendar calibration. I look at my day on Sun or my week on Sunday and I look at all the things I have scheduled. I know what I need to get done in order to make income. I know what I need to do in order to build my business. And then I know that there are things that show up inside of my day. And so I have to calibrate that and make sure that there's no overlap and that I'm still addressing the important things that will continue to drive revenue and and success inside of my business. And then I have to do that every morning as well because things change on a regular basis. And in regards to pre-planning, everything now... So I started out in this business very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm thought I could stay entrepreneurial and I had to make the decision, you know, 
probably three years ago that if I wasn't going to become more purposeful in the, in the way that I approach my life, I wasn't going to find the level of success that I wanted. And I wasn't going to be able to achieve at the level that I wanted. And, and, and honestly, who knows what level I want to achieve at because it's constantly changing and constantly pushing out further, but it's all guided by what I call a, a life 411 or a life plan where I identify six different accounts in my life. And, um, and then I have a North star in each one of those. And that has to do with my, my job, my business, my finances, my spirituality, my relational, my mental, my physical. And I, and I, and it helps me focus in each one of those areas. So I'm not lagging in one and it, it excelling in another. It's all about balance really. So, so how do you do that? How do you actually find that balance? Um, do you, like I said, do you write it all down or do you schedule it? Do you kind of look at it monthly? What, how's that work? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of molded into multiple things. There's a, there's a growth plan that you can do at the beginning of the year that kind of shows, uh, kind of helps you plan out the things that are help you become better throughout the year. What education you want to take, what books you want to read, things of that nature. Who do you want to coach with? Who do you want to mentor with? Which, by the way, every high achiever I've ever met has a coach. That's probably one of the key things is to have a coach. But then what I do is, um, so when I talk about these life accounts, um, I have a North Star in each one of those where I actually sit down and no kidding say, it, where would I, what would be like the ideal direction that I would want? And I'll, I'll, use, my, um, I'll use my financial account as an example. Okay. In my mind, I said, what would my ideal North star be in my finance life account. And traditionally a North star is something that guides you, but you never can quite reach it. You're constantly seeking it and going after it. So uh, the example of my financial uh, North star is to create a portfolio and have the knowledge to manage it that funds a perfect life for generations to come. So that's a North star. And then I, every single week I sit down and I say, what am I doing this year in my financial to make sure I'm moving towards that North Star? What am I doing this month to make sure I'm going to hit this annually? And what am I doing this week to make sure I'm going to hit that weekly? And that all lands inside of my calendar once I've decided. That. Okay. And so, yeah, everything is written out, pre-planned and thought through on a weekly basis. Very cool. Yeah, I think that that would probably take a lot of time, especially at the beginning of the year, to sit down and come up with the things that are important to you and your family and, and what it means to actually fund a perfect life and, you know, what that looks like. And so, yeah. um, so what do you, what does that look like to you in terms of, uh, health wise? Let's, let's talk about your, your account that is for health. You know, yep. what is a, a North star for you for that? And, and how do you do that? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not the kind of person when I think of health and think of physical I'm not the kind of person that, you know, wants to go compete in a figure show or anything like that. Like the, for me, I am more concerned with peak mental performance than I am with the way that, uh, you know, I appear. Right. Sure. And so I had to look at my, my health and my physical health in a way that would drive me and, and I'd be passionate about. So my North star and my physical is to keep a clean and healthy body that maintains peak mental performance. Because I know the better I treat my body, the better things I put inside of my body, the better the exercise that I do, the better I take care of my uh, cardiovascular health, 
the better my mind actually performs on a daily basis. The more, the more drive, the more bandwidth, the more uh, time I can actually use my brain without running out of steam. And how did you come to that? Is that just something that you have realized over time or had somebody coached you on that? Is that just something you've lived? Yeah. So I, so my family is plagued with autoimmune disorders uh, okay. on my side, on my side of the family, my mom, my mother's side of the family. And I, you know, I think, I think this is a commonality among high achievers, right. Is, is to kind of be an outlier to not just go with the status quo, to think things through for themselves and come up with their own solution that's best for them and best for their family. And that's for me, what was best for me was what was going to drive me to, to um, peak physical and mental performance. So in 2016, I actually developed uh, debilitating psoriatic arthritis. I, uh, um, I had what's called the iron clasp, which is like, it's really bad throughout your ribs. And so it would take me 20 to 30 minutes to stand up straight in the morning Wow. And so I had a couple options, right? I could look at Western medicine, which there's nothing wrong with Western medicine. There's a lot of really good science behind it, but that meant taking steroids. And I saw what that did to my family. And so I started to investigate what would work for me and what, what health decisions I could make for myself that would be able to help me continue to live the life that I wanted to live. And for me, it was gut health. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a low, in, uh, low inflammation diet. I take, you know, I drink a lot of water. I take care of my, I take care of my body. And, you know, today I'm 99.9% symptom free from, you know, from something that people told me really I couldn't get cured from. So that's great. Did you yeah. uh, encourage any of your other or inspire any of your other family members that are kind of going through a similar thing to follow because you've had such success? My, yeah, uh, my whole family has gone down this path. My sister-in-law had, uh, really bad psoriasis. No medicine in the world would take it away. I put her on my regimen. It went away a hundred percent. Wow. Um, I, my, our nanny couldn't even pick up our son because she at 22 had debilitating arthritis. She was giving herself shots in the belly and she now is moving to be a functional, uh, doctor. She's going to school for it because we put her, I put her on this, you know, what I thought was a good program. And again, symptom free, no medication, moving in a direction where she has a quality of life. And, and so, yeah, I, I think it's impacted people. And it's, you know, I think it all stems to, um, you know, I think everybody should think for themselves and do what's best for themselves. And, and when it comes to your health, you know, deep down what's best for you. Right. And so I don't think it, I don't think it hurts to do a little research on your own and, and come up with a plan that's, that's going to give you the life that you want. Sure. I think that so many people, um, I mean, a lot of people are Google doctors, right? They, they go online and they try to figure out what the problem is and, you know, they put in their symptoms and they end up with these really rare diseases that only occur in Africa or something like that. Um, so that's one challenge, you know, in the healthcare field that we have, but on the flip side of that, it always is encouraging when I hear about people who are taking charge of their health and trying things and not just kind of dealing with the status quo. Um, but I find that the people that do take charge of their health are also those high achievers and high performers in other areas of their life. And they want to be at their best condition uh, physically and mentally so that they can do the other things in their life that are really meaningful and important to them. And uh, a lot of that people find meaning and importance in their work that they do. 
So I think that I think that all just kind of ties together. I think that's great. I think I think you're a hundred percent right. I don't think you could be any more spot on. I've never personally, I've never come across a high achiever that doesn't do anything they can to continue to improve their performance in some way or some capacity. So, and let me be clear, I went to a functional MD and went through the process with them and came up with the perfect plan for, you know, that was, that was going to help me um, through diet and through gut health, uh, lead me in the direction I wanted to go. So, you know, I, I definitely wasn't uh, only leaning on Google, but I was leaning oh. on the advice of a professional. Right, right. No, I, I was. I wouldn't assume that from you. I would think that you would try to get the, the top people involved. Um, but the, the Google is just so easy for people to, you know, look up things. And, and unfortunately, 100%. it's a super common thing for people to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you're, you, if you Google it, you're going to die. <laughs> Google tells you you're dying. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I know you talked about, um, just kind of going backwards a little bit, you talked about the accounts that you have. Um, you talked mm-hmm. about having a coach um, and then, you know, mm-hmm. keeping your body in top performance and in top shape. Um, what Are there any other habits or skills that you um, have developed for yourself that you can think of off the top of your head that um, help you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think probably one of the and and you'll see this. I, I've heard so many different high achievers talk about this. There's a thing called the decision tree, right? You your your brain can only make so many decisions in a day, and you'll get decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. And when you're a high achiever, a lot of things are put in front of you where you have to make decisions. So you then start to have to account for the things in your life that you no longer need to be a decision. And you can make the decision one time and stop making. Right. And so one of the th- key things that I picked up probably over the last five years is I wear the same brand of shirt, all in different colors. I wear the same brand of pants, all in different colors. Wear the same pair of dress shoes in different colors. I eat the same exact breakfast every single day. I eat the same exact lunch every single day. We, you, when you can become comfortable in the monotony, in the mundane, in the boring, that is where you find success. You know, I come in and I do the same activities that I need to do in order to bring revenue in. And I know your husband's the same way. He'll do those really boring things that where people, most people choose not to do it and they'll go get creative and reset their, their ability to achieve. When you when you can learn to not have to make decisions and just be okay with the boring stuff and be okay with, I'm okay that I look the same every day in a different colored shirt. I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay that I don't, like, I don't even have to think about it. I just grab it out of the closet, put it on, didn't even make a decision. I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat in the morning or, uh, 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 for lunch. It just shows up and I eat it. Yeah. So that's, funny. My, my that's a trait actually- that I think you'll find really common with really high achievers. Yeah. My, my dad recently was talking to me about that and he calls it his uniform. He says he has the same shirt in different colors. Um, he has the same pants just in different colors and you know, it's his uniform and he doesn't have to think about it and he doesn't have to worry about it. He just grabs one and puts it on and is done. So that's interesting. Yep. Yeah. So the, as many decisions as you can eliminate out of your life that, cause your brain, it, it takes a lot of energy to use, Sure. right? It takes, it takes a majority of the energy in your body. And so 
when you're trying to make a decision as simple as what shirt should I wear today, mm-hmm. that just robbed you of a decision that could potentially make you a ton of money or, 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 or bring a lot of opportunity into your life because you'll just be gassed out by the time three o'clock rolls around. That's really interesting. I, I like yeah. the way I like that thought. I'll have to see how I can get rid of some decisions in my day. Cause by the end of the day, I, I've had this conversation with my husband is like, what's for dinner? Like I, I don't want to make another decision. Just please tell me what, what we're having. <laughs> Just decide for me. So yeah, I, I think that decision fatigue is a super real thing for sure. Um, anything else you want to throw at me that, that um, is, is a habit that you've done? I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of great ones. Yeah. I mean, um, the only, the only other thing I can think of is, um, you know, I've talked about my life accounts and what I call my life 411, which 411 stands for four weeks, one month, one year. Oh. Um, and so do you, do you set everything up four weeks at a time? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, my 411 is, it's got my, my North star, but then it's got my annual, it's got my month and then it's got four weeks at the bottom lined out. And so I do one week at a time. And then I say, what did I do last week? Did I accomplish it or did I not accomplish it? If I did, what now am I going to do? If I didn't, what do I need to do this week to make sure I do? Okay. So each week just lends to the next week and keeps me on pace. I like it. You know, there's a, there's, there's a thing with that type of planning that a lot of people, they, they don't give it enough credit and they think that it's going to take too much time, too much of their time. And the reality is if you were an airplane and you were taken off from LAX and the nose of your airplane was off by five feet and you were flying to New York and you never course corrected, you're going to land in Atlanta. Right. Right. And how much more time is it going to take now to go from Atlanta to New York? Right. Sure. You didn't course correct. So you saved all that time on the way. Right. But now you have to fly to New York from Atlanta. So the reality is, is the amount of time that you save from pre-planning and actually looking at your life on a regular basis, it actually gets you further faster. And so course correcting on a weekly basis, like I can't say anything better than that. That's probably the best thing that someone can do is course correct on a weekly basis. Because when, when you're off, you know you're off and you course correct and you go and, and it keeps you on that pace. The other thing that I do is, is uh, I do 12 week sprints. Okay. And so every 12 weeks, I'll actually do a, a business plan and I'll have my main objective. I'll have the three uh, priorities that are going to get me to that. And then I'll have the five strategies underneath those priorities that are going to turn into action items that will help me in that 12 week period. And the reason why I do 12 weeks, most people do an annual yeah. business planning. I do 12 weeks. I treat, I treat 12 weeks as my year. So 12 weeks is a year. That means one week is a month, right? And, and one day is a week. Right. So if I, if I go a day and I don't do what I'm supposed to, I just burnt a week, right? Yeah. And so when you plan it out on 12 weeks, you, you can go a lot further, a lot faster, a lot farther than you think. Um, when we do it on a year, we don't get as much accomplished because we're like, oh, we have time. Oh, we have time. Right. right? And then you cut to September and you're like, oh, crap. Now I got to do it all now. And oh, but it's the holidays. So, you know, next year, I'll wait till next year to do it. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I think the 12 year week or 12 week year is a book. I think um, I've heard. I got it. Think. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. That's a great idea. Um, I'm actually looking into trying to incorporate something like that. But you're giving me some some awesome ad- advice and ideas for sure. Yeah, and if 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 I can share these templates with you and you can send it out to people, I, I, I don't know if that's something you do, but I'd be more than happy to share the templates. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. We can put yeah. them in our show notes or something, a link to them so they can grab them. Perfect. Um, awesome. So is there anything uh, that you wish you knew, you know, before you got into the real estate stuff, before even the mortgage lending stuff that you wish you knew um, that you know now, you wish you knew back then? Or you knew, but you just didn't do anything about? I wish I knew everything I knew now then. <laughs> sure. Okay. Because I would have achieved so much more by now. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, you know, no, you know, I'm not, I, 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 I like that approach because then people can learn from my mistakes. Right. And I, I don't know how to say this, but I am like, I love failing. Right. Yeah. I love learning and failing forward and all of that. So what I would say, probably what I, what I wish I knew then that I know now is that it takes your five-year goal traditionally is pretty spot on your one-year goal. It couldn't, you couldn't be even like you're super far off from it. Right. And had I known that when I first started, I would have planned a heck of a lot differently, which would have gotten me further by now and got, you know, I would, I would have been, um, where I thought I wanted to be then. Right. But the problem is, is we're, we're always, when we plan our years, we think that we can accomplish so much in a year. And then when we plan our five years, if anybody ever does a five-year plan is we think that we can't accomplish that much in five years. It's weird. And so five years is no problem, but I wish I would have known what it took to break down a year to really accomplish big things in a, in a 365 day period. Yeah, I think that then you get socked with a 2020 like we've had and it throws your year, it can throw your year into like a a tailspin unless you have these strategies in place that you have. And so I think that's probably why you've been able to thrive during this time as well. Um, You're prepared for this kind of stuff mentally, physically um, and, and financially, which is pretty cool. Well, because I had everything planned out, by the way, when, when COVID hit, I remember the week it hit, it was in March when, you know, stuff started to get serious within less than seven days, we had a fully executed mission plan. We had a fully executed virtual process. We had a fully executed narrative. We had a fully executed marketing and and, and had we not been uh, planned out already, we wouldn't have been able to do those things in such a short amount of time, which for us was a competitive advantage. We were able to take a lot of market share in a short period of time that a lot of other people lost because we planned ahead and because we were able to execute really quickly. Sure. So, I think uh, being proactive helped, gives you the edge for sure. And it also um, makes it so that the people that are running around saying the sky is falling, you know, you can then catch the sky and you, you know what's going on. You, you're able to kind of catch it and run with it. So that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. All right. Anything I haven't asked you that you, uh, you want to share or any pearls of wisdom before I let you get back to work? Uh, let's see here. I would say that success is built on a mountain of failures or success is the summit of a mountain of failures. 
And so if you are in the process, if you're an early entrepreneur or you're in the middle of, of running a business or seeking success, fail forward. Learn. Don't be scared to take risks. Don't be scared to fail. Just be scared if you're not willing to get back up. That's when I would start to get scared. So always get back up, always learn and always continue to move forward, but don't not make a decision because you think you might fail because chances are you're going to fail. So I think that's what I would leave everybody with is, is, you know, fail forward. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Not being afraid to fail. I feel like there's a huge connotation with that word, but if you're not failing, then you're probably not trying hard enough. So I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. All right, friend, how can people get in touch with you uh, to try to reach you and, and find you if they want to work with you and your team? Yeah. So I'm going to give you two ways to contact me. You can reach me on my on my phone number, which is probably the, the fastest and most direct way. That phone number is 208-991-2773. Okay. And then if you have any questions or you want templates or you want advice or coaching or mentorship or any of those types of things, shoot me an email. It's brent at cityoftreesrealestate.com. Awesome. I love it. You guys keep crushing it. And um, we'll put that information down in the show notes. So people are able to contact if they weren't able to write it down. Um, But I, you guys are are doing amazing things for Idaho and for Boise specifically in the Boise Treasure Valley area. And so keep on crushing it, keep doing amazing things. And I know I learned a lot during this. So I really appreciate your time and um, wish you all the more success. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, Brent. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Idaho Physio. We hope you gained some insights, inspiration, and some ideas on how to be amongst the top performers and high achievers in the world. Know someone that's crushing it that we should talk to? Let us know. As always, we welcome your feedback. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share our podcast with friends, family, heck, even complete strangers. Because, hey, who couldn't use a little inspiration these days? Thanks again. Now get out there and be amazing.